Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Borough Market Podcast, where we stroll around London's oldest food market each week, chat to the traders and producers to find the stories behind the stalls. This week we meet London bee entrepreneur Curtis Thompson, or the local honey man as he calls himself. I asked him where the name comes from. It all started in the local area. Um, we were serving customers locally. We were, we were producing local honey, so for me it just made sense. I was the man behind producing local honey for the local people, so why not? Let's call it Local Honey Man pretty urban i wouldn't have looked at you and thought yep honey yes um i get told that quite a lot (laughs) um originally i started in in finance um went to university done a degree in economics then went into investment banking in canary wolf um but it was my uncle who developed an interest for me and a passion in honeybees my uncle started in hackney nature reserve he had uh, one box of bees uh, he was producing honey or very much on a small scale. He then went to um, free hives. He took me down to my first hive when I was maybe 15. But my uncle is an old school beekeeper, so he doesn't wear any protective gear. He's sort of at one with the bees. And me being a 15-year-old boy, he was expecting me to do the same. So he took me down there. And did you? I did. I did. I did. My heart was pounding. So how many stings does it take before you can become a proper beekeeper then? I think my record is probably 15 stings. 15 stings. And, and you feel quite sort of on a semi-high because of all the venom rushing through your blood. You know. Good feeling for a 15-year-old boy in Hackney then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You could say that. You could say that. So you're down there with your, your uncle and you're going into the bees. And what, what did you find other than the, the natural high? Um... Well, the first thing that I found very amazing was the heat that was coming out of the hive. The bees operate a temperature of um, between 30 and 32 degrees in the beehive. So when outside is maybe 20, 22, you put your hand in, you can feel you can feel a big temperature difference. That was something that amazed me. My uncle asked me to retrieve some brace comb from the bottom of the beehive, which is basically um, honeycomb that's falling to the bottom. I put my hand in, there's bees crawling over my hand. I was I was literally about to, to say, Uncle, no, I can't do this. I need to go to the toilet, sort of thing. <laughs> but I, I done it. I done it. Got there in the end. Um, loved it. I was fascinated from, from then. And then I've sort of um, taken more of an interest in bees, more of an interest, more of an interest, and then sort of grown it up. And the rest is history, so to speak. Now we have local honeymoon. 
Well, let's let's fill in some of those gaps. <laughs> You've got beautiful three-jar gift box. It's lovely packaging. It all feels very sort of natural, though. Um, you've got soaps. You've got honey. You've got all sorts of different products. But my uncle, he, he wasn't very commercial, commercially minded. So it was very just much um, on a small-scale sort of hobby. Yeah. I took over those three hives, saw the potential of it, and... and and the beads have started to grow from there. Fantastic. So you came out of university work with an economics degree? Yes, yes. And then went straight into investment banking. I wanted to follow my passion. Whereas sort of banking, investment banking, that was very much my career. And it, it never lived up to my aspirations and to my dreams. It's very much a cold industry. So um, I, knew, I knew my way uh, around money, so to speak, and finance. And I saw there's a, a viable opportunity here. The passion for the bees is my real motivation. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. And that's what enabled me to actually start Local Honey Man. Yeah. How can I say no to that? Fantastic. And, you know, let's be honest, there's not a young, lot of young black men in Hackney looking after bees. No, no, no. <laughs> I like your honesty. I like your honesty. And it, it is. It's very true. It's very true. Um, f- for me growing up, um, bees, honey, it was never something that I was exposed to growing up in, in Hackney in London. What's your friend say? Um, crazy, mad, <laughs> along those lines. But passion is a universal thing, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, it, it is the passion. It's the passion that attracted me, and it's something different as well. It's not not not, not everybody can raise honeybees and and produce honey successfully. I asked him how honey making has changed since he was that teenager in Hackney Nature Reserve. The, the type of beekeeping that we do, um, all of the honey is produced on frames. It has a layer of beeswax um, inside the structure and then the bees draw it out and they deposit honey in there and then they seal it with um, a layer of wax. And we then take that from the hive uh, back to the honey room and put it into a centrifuge extractor, spin the honey out and then watch it flow out of the tap. It's quite an amazing process to witness. I bet. So there's an, a, a, some kind of level of industrialisation there. But when you were 15, take us back to that process. Was that what your your uncle was doing way back then? Um, no, he was doing it the good old-fashioned way. So, so um, taking out a piece of honeycomb that the bees have uh, deposited honey in and then just using um, the back of the spoon and pressing the honey out putting it through a sieve and then straight into the jar like people have been doing for hundreds and hundreds of years yes yes but that is not um it's not feasible to do that on a big way right so you come along with your economic sensibility and you turn that lovely passion and that industry that home spun industry into something that's that's that you can that's much more sustainable and that you can get out and start selling on the stores Yes, yes, and and so we can bring um, our raw British honey to people in a in a bigger way, and so we're able to expand our reach into the amount of people that are able to um, to make use of this wonderful food source. But it's more than just a taste for honey that keeps the customers coming. Talk me through some of these different products. We produce and supply a range of different honeys. Um, one is uh, the heather honey. Um, we actually took some bees up to the Yorkshire Moors to actually um, produce the heather. It's only grown in um, Yorkshire and the north of the UK. But the heather flower doesn't grow in Hackney. And we had a lot of interest and demand for um, heather honey. Because uh, heather honey, it's, um, it's very different to all the other honeys that you can produce in, in London. And people like heather honey, don't they? Yes. They know the name. It's something that you actually can get in supermarkets. So maybe that's a, a way into maybe kind of different types of honey. Yes, uh, yeah, possibly, possibly. But we very much pride ourselves on producing a, a raw, a raw British honey. 
generally what you find in the supermarket is pasteurized honey which means that they've taken honey from all corners of the world put it into a massive container and boiled it so to speak to to create color consistency and taste consistency here at local honey man we do the opposite of that we take honey directly from the beehive and into the jar so it's very much a natural product very much a raw natural product and it hasn't undergone any pasteurization or blending or any or um, adding any nasties so to speak so it's better for you 100% better for you we have a lot of customers that will that swear by our honey in terms of how it's helped their immune system and the digestive system how many people kind of come to your stall interested in its medicinal properties? How many people know about that? Um, I would say probably 70% of our customers come to the stall uh, and that know about the medicinal properties that honey has. That's why they're so interested in a local raw British honey as opposed to sugar syrup that you can get in the supermarkets, yeah. which they call honey. What's the tincture? Well, propolis, what the tincture is made from, um, the bees produce propolis from tree resin. It's very good for throats, infections, has a lot of antibacterial properties, um, similar to honey. I use it all the time. <laughs> in fact, I've been, I noticed you've got some bee pollen there as yes, well, which my yes. daughter is taking every day in her juice. Yes, very and good for your immune system. It's not very nice to eat, though. No, no, no. You, you, it's the opposite of honey, oh. in terms of taste, what it does to your taste buds. Yes, because it's quite Sort of not really nice yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whereas the honey is very nice which is more important taste or the medicinal qualities um, the taste the color consistency we can't guarantee that because it's an, a totally natural product we're at the mercy of nature and nature doesn't care about it being the same color or the same taste which is what we've become accustomed to in supermarkets so our customer base really appreciate that every jar is going to be slightly different because every beehive is different every area is different so you need to be a little bit of a connoisseur in the first place or somebody who's just really interested in trying out new products. Yes, a connoisseur, someone who's interested in trying new products and somebody who also actually cares about um, their health and where their food's actually coming from because there's a lot of traceability with us as well. We can actually um, track exactly where the honey's come from. We have different types of honeys as well. We have a, a rapeseed honey, a borage honey and a golden honey. Um, the golden honey, uh, the bees are fed from a variety of different wildflowers um, the rapeseed honey, uh, bees have fed from the all seed rape crop, which is the yellow fields. When you're driving through the countryside, you see um, fields of yellow, of yellow flowers. That's the all seed rape. And the, the bees really like those flowers because those flowers produce a lot of nectar. And the honey that they produce it is it's special, it's different. It's got a thick, creamy consistency, and, and, it's, and it's really white which is something that you don't really associate when you think of your typical honey. This is uh, our raw golden honey. Um, this honey is very special. Um, it's produced um, in Hackney, in Hackney Nature Reserve, where we actually started. There's a variety of, of wildflowers, and because it's a nature reserve, um, the variation of flowers, it, it's, it's really remarkable, especially the taste as well. It doesn't taste like anything that you've had before in terms of honey. So I'm going to try this, and I'm, I'm, what am I going to taste? Cause... You're going to taste heaven. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Another byproduct of uh, the bees producing honey is uh, they produce beeswax. Um, beeswax has uh, a range of different uses. Um, we currently use beeswax for making candles, salts, and lip balms. Um, we started making our candles and lip balms in-house, um, we have a lot, we work with a lot of other companies that, that use our beeswax in some of the, their cosmetic products. 
And in terms of um, sustainability, you know, you call yourself a bee entrepreneur. Uh, how important is the issue of sustainability, the future of bees, to you? Well, one major side of our company as well is about breeding and raising honeybees. So we actually uh, sell bees, um, teach people beekeeping, because we're trying to help develop the awareness around bees and why people should keep bees, and that bees are not the the scary insect that everyone thinks that okay I'm going to have a beehive and they're going to sting me to death no we need to look after bees we need to plant more flowers we need to look after our environment so that the bees have have got food to, to eat and trees and plants to pollinate because without the bees as a human race we would be in a lot of trouble yeah and very quickly as well but I think Einstein has predicted four years after the bees die out the human race will die out because I think 70% of our food is actually pollinated via the bees that's an extraordinary thing isn't it but also I think that it's isn't it just about our connection with nature you know once you let the bees die you're not buying food that's created by by the bees you'll you lose that connection with with nature Yes, yes, you do, and, and I think that's something that shouldn't occur, and we really don't want that to occur. Things like, you know, people pave over their front garden so that they have somewhere to, to park their cars, for example, rather than have a, a, a beautiful front garden full of flowers and stuff. Yes, well, I would suggest always plant as many flowers as you can, as many bee-friendly flowers, and um, diversify. Don't just plant one type of flower, plant many different types of flowers, because it's not just... Um, food for the honeybees, it's for bumblebees, it's for solitary bees, it's for, for butterflies, it, it's for the environment as a whole, not just necessarily concentrated on honeybees. Yeah, it's about the whole ecosystem, isn't it? And tell me about being a borough market. We're, it's a very cold midwinter day, but we are surrounded by amazing producers, amazing storeholders. Tell me what it's like for you to be at Borough Market. Borough Market is very special because it's one of the oldest, most well-known markets. So being here, it's really an honour. Is that a pun? (laughs) No pun intended. And being a trader at Borough isn't just about the kudos of being part of London's oldest market, but about being able to work with other great producers. We have plans to team up with another company called the the Greedy Goats. Um, They produce um, an ice cream. We think it would be really good to produce a a raw local honey ice cream. Um, Also with the cake stand that's situated very close to us, um, we'd also like to give them our honey so they can make some sort of honey cake or honey biscuit along those lines. So I think it's really good to have these interesting producers so close to us because we can all collaborate and sort of um, establish our businesses together. Yeah, and and kind of keep the the food miles down as well. Yes, yes, in keeping the, the carbon footprint down, which which is something that is is very it's very key to to looking after the environment and can and making sure that we are producing things sustainably. Are you still using your uncle's hackney bees? Yes, yes, we still have bees on in the Hackney Nature Reserve. Um, those boxes are still there and doing very well. They have grown and sent out many a swarms to the local area. So there's a lot of people in the area that have bees that actually originated from our uncle maybe was it 15 years ago now. And Curtis still has a childlike fascination with those bees. Inside the hive, there are three different types of bees. You have the worker bees, which are the female, which that, that, um, they go out and do all the work. And then you have um, a queen. There's only um, one queen per colony. 
and then you have drones and drones are the male bees the only function of the drones is to mate with the queen and eat honey that's the only function <laughs> tell me about it tell me about it once the autumn season kicks in so around about the august september time all of the female worker bees round up all of the drone male bees and eject them from the hive it's tough in a hive <laughs> and so if you're ever, ever around a beehive coming towards the autumn season you will see the bees fighting at the entrance ejecting all of the drones out and unfortunately all the drones are left to um, die on the grass I've got an image of this 15 year old sort of staring, lying in the grass yourself watching the life of a bee is that what you did? yes yes and it, it was just amazing it was fascinating and just to just to look at the bees ejecting the drones it, 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 you would think why would you do that and then I looked into it more done some more research and it, it, it's just really fascinating the whole world of bees yeah it's been a long journey for you um you, you're here now you're successful you're in Borough Market um what well, how do you feel about taking that passion and making it into something that is really working for you? Um, I, I really feel honoured to be able to, to work with my passion day to day. But I also really don't want to lose sight of the reason why I started this company. And it wasn't necessarily to have um, to, to create a, a big business or to create a lot of money. It was really to, to provide raw honey for, for, for everybody so everyone's health can, can benefit from that. And also to give back to, to the environment because one of our mission statements is to help reverse the decline of the honeybee so us breeding and raising honeybees um, selling bees to people it's all giving back into the environment pushing more honeybees out roll up come and get your grapes today thanks for listening to the borough market podcast you can find much more about the traders and the market by going to boroughmarket.org.uk and while you're there do subscribe to the podcast we'll see you next week for more stories behind the stores at london's most famous Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 